Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And we are back with another feminist around the world, except we're doing it a little differently today. I decided because the Women's World Cup is happening and I'm not paying attention to it enough, as I should. I feel like at least we should talk about it at the very least. And we talked about it a little bit before because we we're discussing what this month will be about. But are you watching any of it? Uh, no. So I told you I have a friend who's really into it and you'll probably mm. hear from soon as uh, mm. we come on the show. Um, and I watched two matches with her that I very much enjoyed. Because her passion shines through. And I love soccer. But without her, I'm not keeping up. Although, today, she did send me a bunch of Instagram stories about the game that happened last night. So, I'm, I'm like keeping up through her, I guess, is what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> so, was it the U.S. match with Portugal? Yes. Because uh-huh. I'm seeing a lot of things. So, as per usual, me being me, I'm keeping up through TikTok <laughs> with the people letting me know what's going on. And apparently, this is the queerest World Mm -hmm. Cup ever, and I'm really excited to know why. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a few things that were like, watch this and watch this, and I know at one point, like, one cute couple were giving each other a kiss while someone else was holding them up. I know another are getting, like, another TikTok was about how different uh, players are getting around the rainbow armband. Yeah. Super interesting. I loved loved seeing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But 
today. And Annie, I'm going to just talk at you. So listeners and Annie, get ready because I know very little about this detail. I researched (laughs) a little about this and I want to know more about it. And I know already that we're going to have listeners who can tell me all about it. So I'm excited for the email and hopefully the messages we get about it. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to take a historical look. Uh, And yes, and we'll probably follow up uh, with other episodes on what is happening in the World Cup today uh, or this year. And for some context, today is August 1st, 2023. Yes, we're recording it on the day we're releasing it. That's how I do. I'm sorry, Christina. (laughs) I love you. Um, uh, Yeah, and there have been many exciting things happening. Again, we're going to talk about it eventually. Again, I know many listeners, y'all are really good at letting us know what's going on and things that we need to know about. So, Keep telling us. Send yeah. us those things because we love that. And you know we're going to feature y'all because we, we need to know this information. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to take a look at the historic Copa 71, uh, which was one of the most successful women's soccer tournament, honestly, um, and it's also known as the 1971 Women's World Cup. So if you know anything about this, that's way before the first FIFA World Cup. But... Something fascinating. Uh, This year, a documentary is being released, taking a look at this amazing tournament and how it was almost deleted from history and how little people know about it, including myself. Um, And here's a quote from a write-up in Variety about it. Copa 71 recounts the story of the 1971 Women's World Cup, one of the most successful female soccer tournaments of all time, where lavish sponsorships, extensive TV coverage, merchandise on every street corner, and over 100,000 fans turned the historic Azteca Stadium in Mexico City into a cauldron of noise while the fawning media treated the players like rock stars. In August 1971, teams from England, Argentina, Mexico, France, Denmark, and Italy gathered in Mexico City for a watershed football tournament, which sparked the explosion of women's football around the globe and was a catalyst that led to the 2015's Women's World Cup final gaining TV audiences in America larger than the NBA finals. And if y'all remember that one, that was huge. Yeah. It was huge. The Mm -hmm. World Cup is getting bigger and bigger. Of course, kind of like soccer in the U.S. in general, until the U.S. has something to, like, big part of it, mm-hmm. we don't notice. And it mm-hmm. makes me sad because I do. That's This is probably one of the sports I really do enjoy. I kind of forget about it until I start watching it. I'm like, oh, I really, I know nothing about the sport, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of obvious. They're going from one side to the other. They're not being, like, they they're kind of being angry. They're they, definitely moments of like, oh, no, don't do that. But it's exciting. It keeps going. I, I, I really love watching it. And then like being with the fans, the mm-hmm. first time I ever watched it was watching uh, the Euro Cup in, uh, in England when I was visiting England and watching it at a pub and the love people have for this game and the excitement. I was like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. don't say anything bad because I might get a beer bottle in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. that intense. It was one of those matches. And then people were like, we're going for this team and this team. And I was like, I, I have no idea what's happening, but this is right. amazing. <laughs> and it made me love it. And this was like early 2000s uh, when I was traveling the, the world by myself. But mm-hmm. with that, it is freaking exciting. We did watch it. And the women of uh, the U.S. team is, has made a lot of history uh, for us, especially uh, for a lot of women in general, trying to get that money. And when I say get that money, just being paid 
the equal amount. We're not saying they want more. We're saying they want a livable wage for doing something that is really demanding and taxing of their body and representing a country. So, you know, seems seems reasonable, but hey, (laughs) who's to say? Uh, But let's take a look at the soccer timeline, Annie. Now, if you talk about soccer today, we know that it is football everywhere else. Okay, so I will be going back and forth. I'm sorry to the overseas listeners who are like, stop saying soccer. <laughs> I'm still American. I, I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> and as we go through this, it's going to sound very similar to the Olympic episode that we had and all of the bad things that they thought women couldn't do and should right. do, shouldn't do, when they should do it and who allows them to do it. So very reminiscent of that. I kept going back. I'm like, wait, did we talk about this? Because it sounded so familiar, Annie. Like, I'm like, Mm -hmm. why is it so? (laughs) Of course it is. Just, of course it is, you know. Um, So the official timeline was start in the late 1800s. However, much like when we talk about firsts, Annie, you and I talked about this, it has to be remembered games similar to this was already being played by so many in the world, especially in like Latin America, as well as in areas of what we know as China. So like we'll talk about the Han Dynasty a bit. Literally one line, but you know, whatever. (laughs) And so uh, I'm going to make a lot of people angry by reminding people that culture is often stolen or taken and credited those who are in power. But that's my one bit. Don't be mad at me. But if you know, you know. I feel like our listeners know. But mm-hmm. just in case someone hits up me like, I thought we were talking about football. And I'm like, <laughs> colonization. <laughs> just as a reminder. Uh, again, the first recorded, again, emphasis on recorded uh, match was the 1872 match between Scotland and England. Um, and was the first recognized match by FIFA. who We know who that is, right? And was watched by 4,000 people. And according to a Vox article, the first recorded international women's match was in 1881, where the women were playing in high heel boots, which, by the way, was also between Scotland and England. Uh, here's a description from Vox. Players wore jerseys, stockings, knickerbockers. I love that word. I love that word. I don't know why. It makes yeah. no sense. But there you go. Knickerbockers. <laughs> Just gonna pepper that in every now and again. Do you have your knickerbockers in a bunch? <laughs> anyway, knickerbockers, belts, high-heeled boots, and cowls on the field. Media reports were peppered with bemused and condescending sentences, including the game judged from a player's point of view was a failure, but some of the individual members of the team showed that they had a fair idea of the game. Wow, a fair idea. Hmm. I was thinking of doing that in an English accent, but I did not want to, again, (laughs) insult. It would have been an insult, but now I'll always wonder about it. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) And unsurprisingly, they were not well received. In fact, they were booed off the field. Of course, in the article, they're like, it could be just because of the game and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless. And though they weren't celebrated or even welcomed, women have been playing since the beginning, with historical evidence going back as far as the Han Dynasty in 25 to 220 CE. Women have been doing this. There have been records of them doing it for a long time. So 
In 1894, Nettie Honeyball established the British Ladies Football Club, which continued to push against the sexist discrimination of the game and game organizers. Which, by the way, Honeyball, what a perfect name for a person who wanted to do something with football. So good. Am so I right? Good. So yes. good. So good. <laughs> um, and the ladies had some success, uh, even having up to 53,000 people in the crowd for a match. And the organizers did exactly what you would expect. They got upset and banned the ladies, saying, The game of football is quite unsuitable for females and ought not to be encouraged. Again, not doing it in, my, in the accent I want to because I know how bad I am. <laughs> Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And though the different organizations tried to ban, it wasn't successful. All around the world, women started their own leagues, uh, such as the English Ladies Football Association. Um, and in 1970, the Federation of Independent European Female Football FIF, F-I-E-F-F, with the support of the famous wine and alcohol makers Martini and Rossi, hosted the Women's World Cup, which led to the 1971 Women's World Cup hosted in Mexico, played in the largest stadium in North America at that time. Mm -hmm. This tournament was huge and a success, but we really don't know much about it. So here's another quote from the Variety article. Copa 71 was organized by the Italy-headquartered Federation of Independent European Female Football, FIF, and was set up in Mexico because it had just hosted the men's 1970 FIFA World Cup. The existing infrastructure of the Azteca Stadium and enthusiastic support of local sponsors made a women's tournament not only appealing, 
but commercially savvy. Yet, as the event came together, FIFA tried to prevent it from happening at all. While it did go ahead and prove to be a smashing success, its legitimacy was undermined from the get-go, and the event failed to receive the international claim and attention it deserved. So, the game itself was made up of six teams. Again, Mexico, Denmark, Argentina, Italy, France, and England, with Denmark winning the whole World Cup. The basis of this documentary is an unfolding and retelling of this historical tournament. They talked to the ladies of the tournament, which, by the way, apparently a few of them reunited in 2019. We'd love to know about that. And they were finding out the good and the bad of that era. Many of the women talking about how amazing they felt at first and then being discriminated against throughout, even though they did an amazing, like literally up to over 110,000 people showed up to the stadium in 1971 and they sold out so many merchandise because of the play. And BT Dubs, some of these players were as young as 13 years old. Some of the English teams that I was reading about, I was like, wow. Oh, wow, 13, 15, <laughs> 19, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so again, this is a reminder of how long this game has been around and how women and girls have been wanting to be a part of it since the beginning. So this is not something like, oh, men can do this. It looks like fun. It literally has been, oh, we're all playing. What just happened? Why can't we play? Right. Seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the ban in England for women's soccer team was lifted in 1970 when they figured out they could make some money. Um, and the UEFA recommended that the national associations around the world should actually manage women's teams. Once again, let's make some money. Mm-hmm. And the first woman to be inducted to the National Football Museum was Lily Parr in 2002. And by the way, she was a part of a team that has been there since the beginning, essentially, when the women's organization was like, we're going to start teams too. So this mm-hmm. is one of those teams. And in 2008, 87 years after the ban, FA, who was one of the original uh, organizations that banned women, actually apologized, saying, oops, sorry, our bad. So (laughs) at least, I guess, some people got some recognition. Mm -hmm. And of course, the first uh, FIFA World Cup was held in 1991. This is in my generation, like my timeline, and that makes me sad that a first like that happened in my mm-hmm. timeline, I feel very old. At the same time, this is a disgrace. Both of those <laughs> things. Yes. Um, and as we speak, the women of soccer are breaking records and pulling in the money and starting to get the money they deserve. And I say starting because we know this is still things. And we don't know what's happening all over the world. We just know what was happening specifically in the U.S. when it comes to uh, women getting paid the money they deserved. But yes, things are happening. As we talked about uh You and I, the Philippines made some history. New Zealand Mm -hmm. made some history. All these different players are making history, different stadiums, different like viewing and streaming. Uh, Historical records are being being broken as we speak. I'm excited because we will do a a roundup in these things. And yeah, we might have a a special guest telling us what we should know. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) Did send me a very funny video about like the differences between watching the U.S. Men's World Cup and the U.S. Women's World Cup, where basically in the U.S. Men's World Cup, you're like, who is that? Oh, they lost. <laughs> and in the U.S. Women's Cup, you're like, it's this person, it's this person, this is all right. they want. <laughs> and I love that. And I love that. And I'm excited to hear more about it. And yes, yeah, so yes. the World Cup is happening. Let mm-hmm. us know what's happening in your perspective, your world. You want to know about it or you want us to know about it. Also, again, documentarians, uh, Rachel Ramsey, and James Erskine are the ones that uh, have 
done this amazing documentary. I'm really excited for it. It is being released at the TIFF Film Festival, which I just really aged myself by calling it something completely different. <laughs> that is being released, I believe, this year. And I'm really excited because it is in uh, line with Serena and Venus Williams's production company. So love to see that. Love seeing that being highlighted. I'm excited to see what it's about, who they talk about, because we get to learn more about these amazing women who have been erased from history, and I hate that. Yes, yes. I'm excited about it, too. And we're also excited to hear from you listeners, because, again, yeah, you do have so much insight a lot of times when we talk about this this kind of stuff. And if you're having fun watching these games, you've got opinions, thoughts, please let us know. You can email us at stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I've Never Told You. We also have a tea Public store and a book, you can pre-order the audio version or the physical version at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Y'all the best. Yes, you are. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.